Hey everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. Today we are discussing Seek and Destroy, the legendary Seek and Destroy from Kill 'Em All, and I'm here with a guest. And just before we get to that and the episode in general, follow the show at Metallica Pod on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with me there, if you want to provide some feedback on a song that we read out at the end of each episode, go back and check out all the old episodes as well. Check out my Tom Waits podcast that I do with Sam. I'm actually interviewing someone tomorrow, BB Ryzen 4. That name probably means nothing to you. I mean, even if you're a Tom Waits fan, it probably means nothing to you. But this guy basically gifted multi-instrumentalist who guested on like seven songs on Alice which is one of my favorite Tom Waits albums a lot of people love that album about Lewis Carroll and Alice in Wonderland and John Tenniel and yeah interviewing in there on the show long way of saying so go on the show and check that out I'll put the links down below for the Tom Waits show Patreon iTunes is there I don't want to waste too much time because it, it is Seek and Destroy and Yvonne how's it going sir great great uh, hi Tom is it right that you discovered the show in a, in a roundabout way? And I, I I respect the way you discovered it through uh, mutual friend Mike, right? Mike came on the show. He did Hero of the Day. And he also has a Faith No More podcast. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I think that was back in maybe January. Um, I mean, Faith No More is, is my most favorite band probably. Mm. So uh, I started listening to the podcast Croissant. And he, he did mention you on one of the first episodes, I think, as a, as a major inspiration. So I started listening to your show too. All right, yeah, and I believe I've heard a lot of that show. I've listened to a little bit of it. They went hard early on, right? They did like a couple of like three-hour episodes. Now they've done like nothing, or <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it it seems so. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a bit uh, it's a bit chaotic, but uh, yeah, I think they they discuss whole albums and they go into every track and a lot of details. So sometimes they have three, four-hour long episodes, and I, I don't I don't think they feel quite ready to tackle like the major albums like uh angel dust thinking for a day so it, it's been quiet uh, but yeah I'm, I'm waiting for their new episodes too of course we're here to speak about metallica and you yourself as a fan 1990 is that right it began yeah yeah i was about i don't know 11 12 years old um it was you know based in bulgaria i'm bulgarian uh it was uh, i discovered metallica maybe just one year before the black album before they really became this huge popular uh band so they still have this, had this very strong underground thing about them. Uh, and I mean, at first time I just heard the music, it was really, really intense, a visceral reaction. I, I really couldn't place it anywhere from anything that I've heard before. I, I couldn't really compare it with anywhere, anything. Although I've, I've, you know, I've listened to a little bit of maybe Black Sabbath and other rock bands, but um, uh, that was really something that grabbed me and um it was almost like a a, a rite of passage you know uh, because there was a distinct group of kids that you know the metalheads and it, it wasn't a, a casual listen so uh in order to get to 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 record an album it's pretty much it was all cassettes like c60 mm-hmm. and um i had to ask somebody to record uh, a cassette for me and um they they needed to know if i'm for real pretty much <laughs> Uh, I, I know Sick and Destroy was actually the song that grabbed my attention mm-hmm. early on because maybe because, you know, the title is, uh, you know, they oh, sing yeah. the, the title of the song. It's, so it's it's catchy. It's mm-hmm. easy to recognize. So that was the first song that actually I identified. And um, then uh, the guy that wanted to record, the, uh, that I wanted to record the Kill Em All from, he asked me, well, why why do you want to listen to Metallica? And I said, well, I really want to have Sick and Destroy. And um, he said, well, 
which album do you want? I mean, like, what do you mean? Uh, isn't, isn't that just one album? And he said, no, you know, you have it in 83, on 85, and on 90. And I was like, hmm. So that's some kind of a complex question here. Um, <laughs> I guess he meant uh, concert recordings. Mm -hmm. uh, but finally we set out and uh, I recorded Kill Em All. And that was my first my first full album, really. Uh, so it really got me into listening to music seriously. You know, you had this encounter at school, right? The metal kids would blast it from their ghetto blasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was this group of... Uh, <laughs> it's a great image. Kids. It's like a Netflix drama or something. Like it, yeah, it was. I mean, there was a bunch of kids that were really belligerent. They were, you know, walking around and harassing people. So I, I actually had pangs of guilt because I was like, hmm, I'm, I'm not like that, but I do like the music, you know. Can I kind of decouple that the music from, from this image that I didn't want to embrace? And then there was so much ignorance because not only there was no internet, there was also no media coverage. I mean, especially before 89, I mean, Bulgaria being a communist country, you know, everybody spoke about those things in the Hearthstone, you know, you didn't have records in the stores, you didn't have all the media was, you know, controlled by the party, so you didn't have mm. any any media coverage at all. So people were saying things like, well, metalheads, they do stuff like, you know, they spit in a bowl and then they drink their spit and stuff like that. I was like, Ugh. And I don't want to do that, I just want to listen to the music, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, first I got um, Kill Em All, and then gradually I recorded Master of Puppets. Um, I didn't get to write the Latin for, for some time because I first uh, record. Uh, I got a, a record of a concert. I think it's maybe some kind of a bootleg, uh, eighty, the so-called eighty-five. People refer to it as Alcoholica, the, the name of the record. Although I, now I know it's something else. Um, uh, but yeah, and then I distinctly remember when uh, when the Black Album came out, uh, August of ninety-one. I was at the Black Sea coast with, with my parents, uh, and you know, hearing Enter Sandman on the radio really gave me the goosebumps. I really liked it from from the start. And obviously, at this age, I mean, I wasn't very critical. Uh, my taste was not developed yet, but Metallica was something that I really, uh, really, I don't know, spoke to me from from the very beginning. And is it right that you couldn't stand Reload? Uh, yeah, which is interesting mm -hmm. because I love load. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I think just, you know, being a teenager in those years, I mean, between like 91 and 96, I discovered so much music, so many different things. I mean, uh, all the genres and subgenres of metal. Then I started, you know, also like the alternative grunge. Oh, so, um, actually, yeah, for me, early 90s to this day, maybe I wasn't I'm alive then. I wish I was alive. Like, <laughs> That's where I would go back to. Like, to me, that is, like, the great generation. Like, people who say, like, oh, yeah, the Laurel Canyon or, you know, whatever, or the British Invasion. I'm like, no, the fucking, the late 80s, early 90s Seattle scene. Like, that, that's the one. Uh, yeah, I'm very much with you. And, and you're younger than me, so thank you for validating that. But yeah. sometimes I think I'm just being subjective. But, uh, right. yeah. So I, I did, you know, also music changed, uh, used to change so much. Uh, virtually every band would do something totally different for the next album. It was kind of expected. So I kind of expected that Metallica would do something completely different. And if you ask me, the leap from Injustice to the Black Album uh, uh, is as big as the leap from, you know, Black Album to, to Lord. So I, I was not mm -hmm. shocked. I, I kind of liked it. Um, but I guess the other thing that uh, happened uh, between 96 and 97, I also started listening to a lot of 
electronic stuff, just, you know, opening up to different non-metal styles. uh, and you know, maybe going after what was hip during the day. So, nine, uh, uh, reload was just so not hip at the time. I mean, especially memory remains with the, yeah. the uh, uh, Marianne I think, I think that song's dated badly. I, I, I don't get the love for that track. Yeah, I mean, structurally it's fine, but there is also those components that even it's the name of structurally, the, I'd say. Yeah, even the name of the album reload is like rehashing something or recycling. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit. You know? yeah. So I didn't take it well, uh, and uh, even in the lyrics of Memory Remain, you know, referring to Fades to Black, and mm-hmm. I think band, bands do that when they reminisce on their own career. It's, it's like too meta. Kind of, it's metatalica, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, exactly, uh, yeah, yeah. Getting to Seek and Destroy then, it's, it's easy to be swept away in the, the legacy, you know, being in awe of this track that's been played over 1,500 times live it is one of their defining numbers but if we're approaching it just compositionally just the song in of itself hermetically sealed that opening riff like do you play guitar yourself i do yeah yeah i Mm -hmm. started playing guitar as a teenager and i'm currently playing bass so i can abandon the guitar and and the riff itself anchored on that a string and the way the seven eight comes in just the shape of it is quite unusual but quite intuitive quite earthy on the fretboard and ding 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 you know it is a very earwormy kind of menacing assault yeah 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 absolutely and i, I like I like that the song is a mid tempo uh, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's good i mean obviously a lot of it is kind of maybe borrowed from from Diamond Heads. Uh, there are two songs that you know usually cited. I think the "Sucking Sa- My Love" Saxon is track, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. "Sucking My Love" is the opening riff, and then "Dead Reckoning" is the other song where they yeah. maybe stole the verse riff <laughs> a little bit. Not stole, but maybe got inspired. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, there is that Saxon song as well that I said that uh, basically the solo, the now now. And then, you know, the lead part hmm. filling in the gap, which to me, again, feels quite in that vein. And I think Stolen's maybe the wrong term. Inspired homage is, is a better one. But they use that a lot, Metallica, and a lot of other fresh bands use that. But uh, the song has this kind of almost adorable simplicity when you think about it, when you play it. You know, there's very yeah. little involved. It's very this open and riff with the, you know, descending ending or whatever. I know I'm sort of describing every riff ever there, but there is something in it that's, you know, almost naive that just absolutely works, puts a definitive stamp on this sort of minimal anthemic thrash. And throughout, like so many Metallica songs do this. This is why they're such a fucking incredible band. Not a lot of bands can even really do this. Guns N' Roses is another band that can. Pile on the great riffs, one after another, into a cohesive whole. And, you know, this opening 90 seconds or so of Seek, the way the riff turns, the way it slows even, you know, further down. I just can't get enough of it. Yeah, I agree. I think it takes a lot of self-confidence to to play something simple. Mm Mm-hmm. Because uh, a mistake that many, you know, aspiring bands do is they try to play something complex that is sometimes, you know, above and beyond their abilities. But, you know, playing something simple and making it sound good, it's really precious. The bouncing bass of Cliff is very noticeable in the intro of the track. Yeah, I, th- th- this whole album, by the way, I, if I have to say something uh, really good about Kill em All, I think in terms of how the bass stands in the mix is probably my mm-hmm. favorite. 
because after that, for some reason, Metallica chose to kind of bury the bass. You know, yeah. we know the, the story with Injustice and so forth. But here, and I know uh, the story of the recording is that the, the, the band was kept away from the mixing process, right. which, as far as I'm concerned, is, is, works well, uh, yeah. especially, especially for the bass. Yeah, well, it was like the bass wasn't even buried on Justice first. Like, you know, it, it doesn't pop like it does on here. I think someone on the show before mentioned that Killamall is almost like a power trio record because you can just hear that bass there. It's not just following the riff. It's this yeah. kind of, it's almost dissonant, the note, because it really does stick out quite sorely and works really in the favor of just propelling this thing forward because it's all about momentum and adrenaline isn't it there's nothing there's nothing deep or poignant about a seeking destroyed it doesn't need to be <laughs> yeah i think it's the opposite of, of deep yeah. actually especially the lyrics um it's probably the the, the shallowest <laughs> lyrics or uh yeah maybe maybe it's the tongue-in-cheek or something but uh yeah they're, they're very <laughs> i don't know <laughs> primitive and, and it's a song that doesn't die like it's a song that you think ends and has lots of kind of false stops and starts and just returns to its dominance to to seeking and destroying you know yeah almost seven minutes you know that, that middle middle part with the solo it, mm. it sounds so much like dave mustaine i know he doesn't yes, have a credit it but it really sounds like him sounds a lot like the phantom lord breaks and just sounds a lot like him in general and and that sort of scene like chris poland as well of megadeth they kind of have that I don't know, it's hard to explain, almost like running water there, legato, like, it doesn't even sound real, like, you know, the, just the speed of it and the kind of the slippery nature, and yeah, uh, do, do enjoy the playing on here, like, you know, okay, it's not, it's a call and response sort of thing, and Kirk's leads are aggressive in their speed and shredtastic to a certain extent, but it's not like, I've been listening to some Docker and I'm always kind of enjoying Docker every now and then, and uh, George Lynch I just, I just think he's a phenomenal player. And he kind of does a lot of similar stuff where I'll just sort of play lots of notes and just like, hope for the best in between jumps. And, uh, yeah, Kirk's stuff is bad. What I prefer in terms of the speed in the song is the, uh, I guess you call it the bridge of the... Like, again, yeah. that is on rails. You can kind of see where it's going. But still, so absorbing. Like, I listened to this song not 10, 15 minutes ago, and it just it still works. Love it. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I, I discovered a Raven song entitled Seek and Destroy. Uh, ah, but interesting. It, it doesn't sound anything like Metallica. Still, though, but I uh, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ride the Lightning is from Diamond Head, album title. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, they could have got that directly. I mean, this song, I mean, this is kind of a weird stat on this song, but it was one of the songs that was placed on the uh, post 9-11 inappropriate titles list. I don't know if you're aware of that. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm not. But I, I always made parallels with with Search and Destroy by the Stooges. Yes, which is which is mm-hmm. a great song with yeah. great lyrics. Yeah, and you know, the Princess of the Night is that Saxon song, by the way. The the three mini solos kind of ape there with their structure. And um, Lars always said in '93, if Seek and Destroy is borrowed from any Diamond Head song, it's Dead Reckoning. It's greatly inspired Seek and Destroy, shall we say? Yeah. And on the Black Album tour, on average, this seven-minute song it became like between sixteen to twenty minutes. Yeah, I, th- I think Jason was singing it most mm-hmm. of, most of the times. I mean that that's incredible. I mean, I, I can't say I don't get bored listening to the Finch and Purge version, but yeah, me, me too. I mean, I, it's probably too nice much. live, but you just sit through it sixteen, yeah. you know, eighteen minutes. It, yeah. 
it gets boring. I, I have distinct memories, actually, of me and my friend Ryan, who's been on here for Battery, must have been playing, like, Gears of War on the Xbox or something like that and listening to this in the background. And he just kept going on and on and on, and it was just... There's a lot of haze from Jason, let's say that much, and a lot of the main riff there. But still, it just, you know, it serves its purpose. It makes sense as a song that could go that far. I don't think Here Comes Revenge could be stretched out to 20 minutes. Um, Been played a hell of a lot, pretty much mostly as the closer. I mean, on the most recent tour that I saw the boys on in Birmingham, October 30th, 2017. This is the third song, I believe. So what, what do you make of it in terms of its live positioning? Well, it's really amazing that uh, the longevity of the song is is amazing. Although I I do find it a bit dated uh, nowadays, course, but it's yeah. such a classic that it's it, it's really hard to say that because it's kind of you know it created a sp- space of its own and it's uh, even when you try to compare it, you know where they took the riffs from. There are so many songs that borrowed from from Sick and Destroy that it's at, at this point it's such a oh, yeah. kind of standard that it's it's really difficult to to kind of judge it uh, objectively. Uh, but even in my news feed today, I think from Metal Sucks was one of those uh, sites. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a news from recent news that Metallica played Second Destroy with some 13-year-old boy. Was it in in Holland or something? Oh, I saw the thumbnail. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's such an iconic song. I think that they will always play it. I mean, oh, I, I thought they would ever have a a gig without playing Second Destroy. No, no. And it's one of those entry-level songs. Like I mentioned before on the show, I used to have this thing called Guitar Club at my old secondary school with our biology teacher, Mr. Hughes. And every Friday, we'd, you know, there were like five or six of the guitar-playing kids, whatever, would gather together and jam and stuff. And Second Destroy would be one of those songs just everyone would know. Or if you didn't yeah. know it, you would learn it in seconds. Like, it just has that irresistible quality to it. But, you know, it still retains that appeal. Let's see what you guys thought. On the Twitter, at MetallicaPod, as said before, we always welcome your opinions on the songs. Uh, Sabbath Bloody Podcast saying, a standout on their debut, undeniably anthemic and uniquely Metallica. What? It's a Diamond Head ripoff? Well, it's still awesome. So, I mean, yeah, there are some uh, liberties taken. Uh, Nick Makovics has a good Saxon cover, never a barb there. Phil saying, one of their best early songs, signature Metallica of an intro riff that every teenager tried to play on their first new guitar, a live staple which never fails to energise the crowd. Matt Jameson saying, way too long live, which I do understand. The Deep Purple podcast, shout out to those guys, love the riff on this one, early Metallica, it's best. And Fix is saying, my favourite Metallica song to play on guitar, an absolute classic. I mean, unsurprising, uh, the reaction there, Yvonne. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm really happy that Metallica matured after Second Destroy, <laughs> oh, to yeah. be honest, because I'll be worried uh, if, for, for people that cite Second Destroy as their favorite song. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, that's probably that subsection of the fans that uh, used to send death threats to Lou Reed, for example. Uh, yeah, to, I just, mean, uh, yeah. Go listen to Junior Dad, you assholes. Like, you know, re- <laughs> reappraise. Re- Where do you stand out of interest? Reload or kill them all? Uh, oh, kill them all. Yeah. Any day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the, the first four albums, maybe the first five. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Those are just, you know, precious. Yeah, and uh, I just, yeah, I, I do I do really, really still enjoy this. I, a lot of kill them all, I enjoy a lot more than this track. Uh, part of it is it's kind yeah, of, it gets a little bit tiresome uh, points. And I think so much of kill them all is so, you know, run and gun, as it were. Um, I mean, this song is fucking everywhere. I wasn't even aware of this. 
but apparently this song is used like one of these songs in sports, like one of the marquee songs, uh, Sting, The Wrestler, the San Jose Sharks, apparently have Seek and Destroy as their entrance theme, uh, many of the band members are Sharks fans, Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, lots of other weirdly titled uh, teams there the out oh they replaced the outfield your love which i love as well it's a great song lots of bands have covered it it's it's ubiquitous in this ecosphere right yeah yeah absolutely it's like i don't know it's like smoke on the water or something yeah yeah i mean i mean talk about the song for you then like i mean a defining song of your youth yeah, I mean, it's again, that's the song that got me into, into Metallica. Mm-hmm. It's so catchy. Uh, it, it's the, well, today, just looking back, I probably wouldn't place it in my top 50 Metallica songs, but uh, it, it served its purpose. I mean, it's 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 a gateway song into Metallica, I would say. It was, as we said before, it was performed 1,554 times as of us recording this on June 12, 2019. It was most recently performed yesterday in Amsterdam. And first performed July 3rd, 1982 in Costa Mesa, California. It's going to be on every show ever, right? And I think in terms of time elapsed, it's, it's, it's the most uh, played yeah. for sure. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It is uh, an endearing classic. Let us know what you think of Seek and Destroy down below. Email me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show as well, at MetallicaPod on Twitter. Um, any closing thoughts on Seek and Destroy? Uh, I don't know. We didn't get into the lyrics, but again, I I don't oh, find the, them the lyrics, particularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Good. Good point. Good point. Okay. Uh, so uh, just I'll just cut this. So just finally, then I mean the, the lyrics. Got to get onto the lyrics as well. Like, what 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 do you make of these? I mean, it's 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 almost like sounds like uh, you know violence for the sake of violence for the fun of it, sure. which is I guess that's that was part of the vibe in the Anakin. early uh, you know. Bay Area thrash like murder on the front row and all that. Um, m- maybe there's there's a glimmer of of some kind of reasoning in one of the lines you you always been taking and now you're given. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's any anything so, yeah, a, a, uh, directed towards mm-hmm. something or or right. just a, a general kind of object of fire. Uh, but it's you know I I always think it's just a a bit of a brainless uh, you know gratuitous violence uh, centered song in terms of the lyrical content dying 1000 deaths (laughs) bloody ambitious yeah Uh, the search and the space those chords leave I mean again that's testament to the simplicity the beautiful simplicity of this track like if you play that's literally just three chords that's up and down that's nothing that is just perfect and yeah, the call, the there's call. so many songs that follow that that structure, yeah. those, those descending. Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Everything, everything, and you know, this is you know the um, history of this track as well. Uh, Hetfield was actually interviewed and said, uh, "Were you conscious that you're writing a song you've played 35 years?" He said without sounding too full of. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, let me just re-record. So Lars was just interviewed on Metal Hammer. And he was saying, asked, were you conscious that you were writing a song in Sing Destroy that you'd be playing for 35 years? He said, absolutely not. We weren't conscious full stop. Without sounding too full of ourselves, we always treat the songs as equals. We felt that the song before Sing Destroy and the song after it were just as good. And the one thing we didn't have then was a lot of songs to choose from. They weren't seven leftover songs for Ride the Lightning. Every single song that we've written, you've heard. So how do you write this on your first album? How, how do you do it? Yeah, this is a good question. I think Killmore is one of the best debut albums. Uh, yeah. 
yeah. all time, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I'll put it right right there with maybe Rich Against the Machines debut. Wow, that's a debut. Pearl Jam? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Pearl Jam. 10 is my favorite. I don't, I'm, many people would disagree, but it's still yeah. my favorite. Yeah, okay, okay. Sh- like, I'm sorry, snobby Pearl Jam fans. No code isn't better <laughs> than 10. It's just not. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I don't really know what albums you're listening to. Like people are like, oh, Red Mosquitoes, like this really deep. I'm like, no, it's. I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. But uh, but yeah, I agree. I think Ten's almost underrated, even though it's completely overrated. Uh, I would say Soundgarden, but their debut wasn't great. Screaming. No, the Light. first few. Yeah, yeah the but... first few records are. You you can see how they're still yeah. trying to find their 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 sound. Mm-hmm. I think anything before Louder Than Love is is a bit immature for Soundgarden. I mean... For for me personally, just to go on a quick tangent, like the the era that I've really been exploring is like SST records, like Greg Ginn's mm-hmm. uh, Black Flag label, and a lot of kind yeah. of grungy antecedents like Wipers and also Meat Puppets are an absolutely yeah. extraordinary band. Like seriously, quickly becoming one of my favorite bands that I've recently got into. Like you know their early records, their second record is 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 sublime. But um, I mean, Seek and Destroy just closing up. Then any any final thoughts on the track? No, I think we covered it. I mean, it's such an iconic song. I, I, I don't know what, what else to say. It just speaks for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, we will close with a few quick-fire questions. What is your favorite song by the band? Yeah, that's really difficult. Uh, I mean, if I can, I, I can probably go with one one song for album, and I would do like For a Horseman, For Whom the Bell Toes, uh, Orion, yeah, yeah. To Live Is To Die, mm. which I love. Uh, to Live Is To Die was my favorite for some some period of time. Uh, and back, I think it's two back to back instrumentals there. I mean, okay, live is to die technically not, but yeah, you know, uh, many, uh, a lot of accolades for Orion, but I don't, I think mm. to live is to die doesn't get enough love. And uh, to me, it's, it's, it's not any worse or it's, uh, it's in more some respect than Orion. Yeah. It has very, uh, kind of diverse sections, mm. uh, in it. Uh, maybe, maybe doesn't exactly flow because it, you can tell that, you know, a lot of mixing happened there, but um, I, I love it. I love to live it today. Uh, oh, so, also, because it's so long. And what, what was next then? Uh, Black Album? Uh, Wherever I May Roam, yep. uh, Bleeding Me, and then probably I'll stop here. <laughs> Nothing else? <laughs> uh, I, I like uh, All Night Med Long as well. <laughs> do, you, do you not like Hardwide? Uh, you know what? I, I, really I couldn't get into yeah. it. Uh, I... I I would say that I would prefer Sand Anger. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you, do you uh, hate Sand Anger? Like, or you, um, I I refuse to listen to it for many years. And actually, <laughs> uh, you, sh- you know, your show is is uh, responsible for me actually sitting right. down and listening to the whole <laughs> album. Uh, I kind of like the, the, the you know how primitive and, and brutal the guitar sound is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of you know song structures, yeah, obviously it's not great. Um, but my problem with hard hardwired, and maybe I need to listen to it more, is I don't like how the drums are in the mix. They're so it's like overproduced. They're so pumped. Um, okay. It almost sounds like I don't know drum machine or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you don't get kind of the feel and the dynamics of of, of the of the drums. I, for me, they're way too too loud. Uh, sound they sound artificial in the mix. So. I don't enjoy listening to it for, for that matter. Uh, probably should give it another chance to, you know, listen to the actual songs. And what about your favorite album by the band? Uh, for many years, that was uh, Injustice. But since since I'm a, a bassist, uh, I would say Master of Puppets. Mm. Yeah. Edges out, doesn't it? 
yeah, those two to me are the greatest two albums. What about member of the band? Uh, well, I really want to do a special mention to, to all the three bassists, and I really love all three of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Cliff, for me, the, the you know the original um, you know Metallica with Cliff, it's almost like Black Sabbath with Ozzy. Uh, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable. Uh, I really like uh, Rob Trujillo. I'm a huge fan of suicidal tendencies and infectious grooves. Uh, but I'm kind of sad for him that he, I mean, obviously it's, it's a great career move for him, but I don't think he's playing what he likes <laughs> in Metallica, to be honest. <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you never hear the It's ain't slappy takes. enough. Like, yeah. No, exactly. It, it, to me, it's like he's silenced. He can see, <laughs> yeah. salt his soul by joining Metallica. <laughs> Uh, so that makes me a bit sad, uh, but he's a great bassist. Uh, yeah. Same for Jason. Mm-hmm. But if there is one and only member that that's James, that that it's not like it's not that he's my favorite, but without James, there is no Metallica. You know, it's like cool. for me, it's like almost uh, Kurt and Nirvana. Um, yeah, oh yeah, 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 certainly. Um, so getting into seeing them live, then have you seen them live at all? Yeah, I've seen them twice. Uh, the very first time they came to Bulgaria was back in uh, 99. I couldn't see them back then. I think I was in UK during the same time. And mm. for some reason, they didn't play in Sofia, but played in Plovdiv, which is uh, another city in, in the south. Uh, but I did see them uh, in 2008, I believe. Um, and actually, uh, they uh, they played with Down and The Sword, Mm. The, sort, the sort was a great band that they no longer exist uh, unfortunately they they broke up last year but uh, yeah I went actually yeah. I went to see Down because Down were playing in their original um, uh, lineup with uh, Kirk uh, Winstein from Crowbar which is my favorite metal band um, uh, Jimmy Bauer and so forth Phil and Sam obviously uh, and I, I I didn't expect much of Metallica at this point because you know I went to see the Sword and Down, but Metallica really blew me away. They're great live bands. Um, and then I uh, two years later I went to see them again in the same place, which is the National Stadium in Sofia. They played with the Big Four, and actually this probably many people have seen that there is a live official oh, DVD. Oh, you were there for that? That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. That was a that was a fucking huge day for metal, like Christ. Yeah, I remember right when Megadeth uh, started playing Holy Wars, and there was this torrential rain raining down <laughs> on everybody. <laughs> so, uh, um, I guess finally, if you were to do a podcast like this about a band that you love, what band would you cover? Yeah, I thought about that. Actually, I, I was thinking about a band from from Birmingham, which I believe is where you're from. Mm-hmm. That's right. Can you could you guess? A band from Birmingham. Well, Black Sabbath. No. <laughs> Black Sabbath. Who else are from Birmingham? That's a good question. The Streets. No, it's a it's a Godflesh. I've not heard of them. You haven't heard Godflesh? Oh my god! No. <laughs> oh my my god. neighbors. Your neighbor? Yeah. So Godflesh is um, well. You've heard of Napalm Death, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Um, Godflesh are founded by one of the founders of Napalm Death. So he, as a teenager, he created the, several musical styles. I mean, first grindcore with Napalm Death, then he started uh, Godflesh, which is like an industrial metal. Um, so he uses a lot of you know drum machines and mm. kind of industrial sounds. But it's it's an amazing band, and they're I, I don't know if they have enough uh, 
following to to you know marry the podcast but whoever likes godflesh is is like a uh you know it's a cult (laughs) the the fans are really really dedicated godflesh okay excellent i'll check those out there will never ever be a podcast until you make one so yeah that's safe and sound really but shout out godflesh go listen to those um as always follow us at metallica pod as we said patreon is there the so what files if you've enjoyed this video series that i'm doing uh issue three is on there now so if you want to help support you can watch that uh, we've got loads of cool stuff coming on Patreon. You're getting RSS feeds, download episodes, episodes like this a week, two weeks before they come out normally. Um, that sounds weird to say. Uh, Yvonne, what about yourself, man? Like anything to promote or? Well, I, I do play in a band, so maybe I can just uh, Please. shout out the name. <laughs> uh, I play in a... <laughs> I wish I played in Godflesh. I, I played in a in a band called Ar- Arctic Horror. Uh, we're on mm-hmm. Bandcamp. Maybe I can give you the link, Tom. Yeah, please. Uh, so, for people living in New England, uh, you know Massachusetts, Rhode Island, we we play in this area. Uh, you can check us out. We play something uh, I don't know between thrash and hardcore, uh, crust punk, something okay. like that. Yeah, excellent. We'll put that down below. Definitely uh, click that. Check that out, guys. But yeah, thanks again for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We'll be back next week for more episodes of the show. We're covering Shoot Me Again and Shortest Straw into Sliver and Small Hours. So what some kind of monster and spit out the bones saying anger. So very cool month coming up on the show. Make sure to go on Patreon, iTunes and uh, check out Yvonne's band as well. This has been Seek and Destroy. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks, Tom. Keep it up. It's an amazing show. (laughs) 